So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Whoa. And welcome to 90 Day Fiance MK Classic Edition. I'm Mr. O, and today, Miss H and I will be discussing Season 1, Episodes 13 and the Tell-All of Before the 90 Days, Season 1. In this episode, Paul and Larry both manage to lock things down. Courtney says goodbye to Antonio with their future still in doubt. Sean is continuously not happy about the situation, but persists anyway. Miriam makes the case that Patrick is a terrible signal reader, and Darcy and Jesse are not entirely clear about what's going on with them at all. Since it's the end of the season, we'll close out with our power rankings of the main cast. If you like what you hear, please support us by subscribing and leaving a five-star rating. While we cover these classic episodes, we'll also be covering the current season every Monday. We'll be taking a break from our classic episodes for a while, since Love After Lockup starts again next month. We'll be covering that on our other channel, Love After Lockup MK. All right, thanks for listening, stay safe, and enjoy. Hello, Mr. O. Hello, Miss H. Happy Teacher Appreciation Week. Oh, yay. I got a bag of chips yesterday, which is more oh, than I did? get. Which is more than I get most years. Most years, it's just an email. Oh, this is about the time of year that I get bribes in the guise of Teacher Appreciation Week. I mean, my seniors, my se- my seniors are done next week, so they would they would oh. really need to get it in. But yeah, yeah. no, that, that, well, my my mine don't mine don't even try that. But we've talked about it. I have way too many <laughs> students that are just like, whatever, I failed. Moving on. Okay, well, we appreciate you, and that's all that matters. <laughs> Yes, you too. All right. So we had a uh, one episode left, uh, uh, episode thirteen, and a two-hour tell-all. So we're covering it all today for yep. our uh, before the ninety days season one. So let me go ahead and get started with uh, Patrick and Miriam. So Miriam is on video, and Sean senses that you know her and Patrick are still very friendly. Miriam says that she hopes to visit Patrick in the U.S. at some point. Patrick says, out of respect for her boyfriend, he won't say too much, but then tells us that he feels like Miriam had some feelings for him as well. They replay Patrick's sadness, and Miriam feels bad, like she wants to cry, because she feels like Patrick is telling her everything she wanted to hear from her boyfriend. Miriam says that she was just flirting. Patrick says that they have a connection, and how can she even deny that? Miriam tells him that he's firmly in the friend zone. Letty, Patrick's mom, gets on the call, and she starts off by saying that karma is a bitch. Letty and Miriam immediately start arguing, and Patrick says that Letty needs to back off because they didn't come here to do this. Letty says that Miriam's biggest mistake was going online in the first place, considering she had a boyfriend. Patrick says that he respects his mom, but he realizes that maybe he made assumptions, and he's learned some things from being there today. Miriam defends herself and says she was always being honest with him, and it's better than faking that she was into him. She also says he should have told her mo- his mother the truth that Miriam thought that they were just friends. Patrick says that Letty will actually really like Miriam when she visits, and Letty says that she doesn't care because Miriam is insignificant. All right, so they kind of made it seem that Miriam clearly thought that Patrick and her were just friends. So it didn't make a difference if, you know, she had a boyfriend. She told him she had a boyfriend or whatever. And Patrick just kind of made up this romance in his head. 
So do you think that Patrick had a clear understanding of how Miriam saw the relationship before he visited? Uh, I don't know. I actually kind of really bought Miriam's story. It made a Mm -hmm. lot of sense to me to be like, why would you let him over if he had a boyfriend? Because like my friend said he was coming to France and I was like, oh, we're coming to France. We'll hang out. Right. That. That's not a completely appropriate like thing. Oh, I'm going to come out there. And he's like, oh, great. I'll hang out. We'll hang out. I'll show you around. That's a yeah. normal friend thing. And then he gets there and is like, hey, we're going to do this. And she's like, what are you talking boyfriend? about? And I, just, I think it actually <laughs> yeah. happened before that. I think it happened like a few, maybe a few days before or slightly mm-hmm. after, after he bought the tickets that he kind of really made clear that, oh, we're coming over there to get into a relationship. And she was like, uh, what? <laughs> this is uncomfortable. <laughs> this, yeah. This, this is not what I thought we were doing. Um, right. And so, uh, yeah, I just I, I think he just read and I, I can see it because I can see when the last episode we saw him. She said something like, oh, had a great time. Miss you. And he was like, see, totally into me. And it's like, yeah. is that what that means? <laughs> like, mm, I think you're yeah. reading too much into that. Uh, that's a bit of a reach there. You can yeah. miss your friends. Yeah, totally. And yeah. so, yeah, I just, I just, I, 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 because of that, like one instance, which is really the only thing we really saw them say to each other, uh, you know, in the messages that I was mm-hmm. like, I could totally see him reading way too into basically everything she ever said. Yeah. Yeah. I can definitely see that too. And then Letty, I mean, I get it. That's your son. You're trying to defend him, but she just came out swinging and, <sighs> you know, Patrick even had to be like, Mom, chill yeah, out. Yeah, Patrick's rain it, rain it in, lady. Come on. Like, because, yeah. Okay, so did you see one of the worst things I always I always, um, I, I dislike from people, and especially people who are older, as, well, it's a double thing, is she came out and she was just yelling in the entire time, right? Right. Right? It was like, what do you think, lady? She was like, karma's a bitch. It's like, well, okay, you're just, you came out yelling, right? Yes. And- like, as soon as Miriam was like, hey, 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 she was like, don't you raise your voice to me. And I was like, no, right. you've already instituted the voice raising. You can't yeah. yell at someone and then tell them they can't yell back. And she was like, I'm not your mama. You respect me. I was like, no, don't pull the respect your elders card when you're oh, just gosh. screaming at this poor girl. And she raises yeah. her, fa- her voice to defend herself. Get out. Get out of here. I mean, I think Patrick is so respectful towards his mom, too. It like it very much like, oh, he was raised good. But then Letty, you kind of wonder, was he raised good? Because Letty kind of flew off the handle and got crazy there. I'm sure more people help raise him than Letty. It it takes a village. (laughs) Well, good for them then. Yeah, but uh, they weren't in the episode, so this was all just from the tell-all. Yeah. So, I mean, okay, so I was – let's – because they were not in the episode. They were so short. This is a good time to mention it. The tell-all format is way different than it is these days. Oh, yes, absolutely, which I have to say that I appreciate because, well, as someone who's covering this show, I very much appreciate because it it's very compartmentalized. But mm-hmm. then we don't get the, like the craziness of like y'all aren't judging each other. Right, right. And I do need somebody to kind of step in and like not, you know, we, we always get the people who get way too out of their lane. And it's like you're talking, you yes. talk to everybody's segment. You get to like say one thing per segment. That's it. That's all you get. But like a lot of the. You know, what we're missing is some of the looks even, right? When they kind of sure. pan around and somebody says something nuts and they're all like, uh, yeah, the reaction shots and them being like, wait, you did what? <laughs> the one thing I will say I appreciate is at times 
I think that the other cast members will ask the questions that is probably on the average person's mind as a reaction to what it is. And so they yes. might ask something like that that isn't like this rehearsed, planned question from the host. Right, right, right. And something it, it does make it a little more spontaneous. I feel like mm-hmm. I almost feel like in these ones, they, they already know what the questions are. Like they've been briefed yeah. and like they, they, get, they can prepare it and they don't have this the coming out of like, why would you get down on one knee to give her a promise ring? What's wrong right. with you, dude? Are you sure? Like, Yeah. At the same time, it probably prevents them from having like, what was it? Some absurd about like 12 hours of raw footage. Oh, my God. I mean, they yeah, it does. It does stop that because they then we'll bring this couple on and we'll take this couple off and we'll bring this one on and this one on. And then we'll put this one on because when they had that the 10 hour raw footage thing, it was just like, yeah, it was never everybody because at least the newer tell all was everybody. The most recent tell yeah. all was everybody was on the stage the whole time. It would just be like randomly like, you know, here's this couple and Big Ed and somebody from another couple. Like, OK, like OK, you're like. They have nothing in common, but all right, let's do every permutation of these group of this yeah, group. That's basically what they did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so let's let's let me hit mine, which is the other. I don't know. My, the other one I thought was pretty boring, to be honest, and that's Larry and Jenny. Yeah, gosh, yes. So, after all the problems during this trip, Larry is confident that he and Jenny can work through anything because they work through those problems. Plus, you know, she's a ten and he's like a five, so he's got to cash in this lotto ticket right now. And he's going to ask her to marry him. So he scouted locations around and found a park in Manila that's pretty, full of famous dead people, and a place Jenny always wanted to visit. So they visit the grave of Jose Rizal, who was a who was a Filipino revolutionary during the Spanish colonial period, and a national hero. But Jenny is like, "You've never heard of this guy? Are you serious?" To Larry, <laughs> Larry reminds us that this would be his third marriage, and he's not planning on doing this ever again. But anyway, this is the moment. He hands her the umbrella so that he can get down on his knee and propose. It seems really awkward because he doesn't know what to do with the ring. He like keeps like grab, reaching into the box and like trying to hold it up with his other hand. And, and of course, she hesitates for awkwardly long before finally saying, yeah. Anyway, Larry says that he's always failed in love, but now he's won and has a girl of his dreams. Now he just needs to get her to America where he lives. Then in the tell-all, Sean asks, starts by asking Larry how he's been, how have things been going so far? He says that they video chat for three and more than three hours a day, including when Larry's at work. And he like outwardly faces his phone in his pocket while he's serving McDonald's people, which is uh, weird. Yeah, I would. That's so bizarre. Yeah. Plus, why would you want to watch that? That makes no sense to me. I don't know. Anyway, they bring Jenny on via video chat because she's not in the States and then show us a new scene of when they said goodbye to each other. Nothing really notable happens in the clip, but they both talk a bit about how hard this is and how much they miss each other. And of course, we recap their whole story with a clip montage. Sean focuses in on the conversations they had with with Larry's cousin, who Larry was like, oh, no, he just got in my head and he made him think about things he otherwise wouldn't. Then they get into the details about her Filipino Cupid account and how Larry says he Larry deleted his. But Jenny says she can't delete hers because they're technical issues. But he trusts her 100% on the issue. Next, they focus in on Larry not eating the pig. And Larry says, you know, if it was the same situation again, he'd definitely eat it knowing, you know, how, how it would turn out. But otherwise, yeah, he wouldn't be into it. Even though, you know, Jenny's um, Jenny promised next time instead of a pig, it's going to be a goat. <laughs> okay. So Larry says all the K-1 paperwork is all filled out and now they're just waiting. And I get this, that was it, a pretty uneventful segment. All right. So... Like, 
going way back to the beginning, um, I mean, ten and five. I mean, I guess it, 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 you agree. If you think you're, if you think you're well outclassed in the relationship, is is locking it down the way to go? Ah, uh, it depends on where this uh, score is coming from, because I. I think there's more to it than just looks. And if you were to yeah. say five and ten just based on physical attractiveness, eh, maybe, you know, I'd probably give her a nine. I feel like maybe there could be something better out there. So I don't want to quite put her at a ten. But, you know, like, but there and I wouldn't even say he's that unfortunate looking. But if you're looking at the complete package, I think they would be closer together than he really thinks. Sure. And, you know, locking it down just based on looks just seems like a recipe for disaster because those are the kinds of people that marry people that, you know, that, that they don't really know the other person too well. And then there's things that come out that, you know, they're not super happy with or maybe it's just not compatible for them because they're trying to lock it down like, oh, I wouldn't want this person to get away. Yeah. I mean, and that's I don't know. It just seems to me. Like, if you're worried about this person getting away, then wouldn't you also be worried about that person, like, still, like, leaving you after you locked it down? Like, sure. be, if you're like, this person's going to trade up, like, but if I give them this ring, they won't be able to trade up anymore. It's like, I, I still think they can trade up. That's still, that's still in the, like, still going to be in the cards for you. Yeah, but we've already seen, based on the beginning, Larry is definitely part of the Brett from Brett and Daya group where he somehow thinks that if he locks it down with the Filipino, that oh, is yeah, the for Filipino, life. That is, yeah, that's, that's, that's done. That's locked down, which I thought was funny because yeah. he finally said, I never wanted love before. Dude, you've been married twice. Like, yeah. <laughs> that was is, kind of winning. You literally have, have already done this thing where a woman agreed to marry you. Done it twice already. That doesn't. And if you consider that a loss, technically this could still be a loss at some point, right? Exactly. Totally. Yeah. Oh, goodness. All right. Uh, speaking of loss, I guess, uh, let's talk Darcy <laughs> and Jesse, which there was a lot with them. Yeah. Okay. So we're still in the last episode here. Darcy is packing up to leave. She misses her girls, but she also doesn't want to leave her love behind. Jesse was in the military for two years, so he gives her his military jacket with his name sewn on it. He says it's a significant gift for him. Darcy hopes that she will be able to marry him soon. Jesse reminisces on how she came in with all her junk and how it was a challenge to get used to her since they are complete opposites. He says he will miss her. Darcy feels like Jesse had a wall up when she first got there, and now he's opened up, which makes her feel so lucky. She drops another hint that... One day, she wants to take his name and get a commitment ring. Jesse and Darcy hug each other and cry. Jesse tells us that he will only get married once, so he would rather take some time to get to know that person before he makes any big decisions. Darcy ugly cries and says she doesn't want to go. She asks him if he loves her, and he says, of course, and they will see each other again. Darcy fears that the distance will make the love fade away, but she does feel in her gut that he wants to be her husband. So only time will tell how this will end up. The producers ask Jesse what the engagement timeline is. Jesse says the only time frame is the heart, and only his will be able to tell him when the right time is. Okay, so at the tell-all, Darcy has had a glow-up. She's lost some weight, and she now has blonde extensions. Darcy says that she knew that Jesse was her soulmate before she even met him. She says it's been harder to take direction with someone, which has been a challenge since Jesse is an alpha male. 
Darcy says there are topics and issues they're still working through. Darcy has some insecure thoughts, like Jesse may leave her for a younger woman, but she chooses to focus on the positive and visualize their future. We get a clip of Darcy with her daughter showing off her uh, appreciation ring and telling them that they aren't engaged. The video, uh, she video calls Jesse, and Jesse tells her that if it's financially not possible for them to see each other, then love will prevail, whatever that means. Darcy is trying to nail down details of when they'll see each other again, and Jesse is kind of annoyed that she continues to ask. He says he's working and has school, so it might be a year until they see each other. Darcy says it's hard to watch herself because she's really not independent, uh, not dependent or needy as the cameras have portrayed. Sean then acts like Darcy didn't know Jesse was backstage. Sean being the host, by the way. Uh, mm-hmm. Jesse is there for 10 days and will be staying with Darcy. They watch more clips and Darcy admits that she thought the appreciation ring was a proposal, but then says that she would never actually expect a proposal. Sean asks why Jesse seems so skittish when the topic gets brought up. Jesse says he doesn't think Darcy and him are on the same page as to what marriage means. He wants to focus on working through their problems right now, which is something that got bleeped out. And he says that he didn't like fake and he will shine that back on you. So oh, here's where it was bullshit. This- it was bullshit. Okay, because I was just like, what? I thought that's what he said, but then they kept on bleeping out the same thing. And I'm just like, uh-huh. is this some kind of weird mystery topic we don't know about? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> mystery <Yes>. issue? <laughs> right. Like something, yeah. I don't like yeah. her. Yeah. Her beep. Like, I was like, yeah, that's what like, don't you like? Oh, what don't you been, like? That's been beeped out for national security reasons. We can't say that. Yeah. <laughs> right. So after they watch the clip of the big argument over Darcy drinking with his mom, Jesse says the video shows enough. And Darcy says that she's not an alcoholic and she doesn't n- really need alcohol. It comes out that Darcy went to L.A. with her sister and they had a couple glasses of wine there. But she says it's no big deal. Jesse challenges her and says, you handled it? He said he wouldn't get mad at her drinking if she was actually handling it. Darcy says that she doesn't lie. Jesse says he gave her another chance, and if she's going to sit there and lie and be delusional, he's out. Sean awkwardly sits there, and Jesse says he needs to take a break. Darcy insists she wasn't lying just right now, and Jesse says if she wants a marriage with him and wants a life with him, then quit the bullshit. He says he loves her to death, but doesn't want that in his life. Sean finally speaks and asks her about issue, what issues she has with Jesse. Darcy says she thinks that he thinks she's a liability and she feels like he's stepping on her and not opening up to her. Jesse says he is open and receptive to her, but he wants her to know that he can't deal with it. Darcy wants Jesse to apologize for demeaning her and the words and the way he treats her. Jesse says he has apologized for calling her a bitch, and he says it's not okay for him, and he's tried to make amends. Darcy says that it's been more than one time, and Jesse admits to saying it twice, and Darcy starts to cry. Jesse tries to console her and tells her that he's trying to open his heart and show her that he loves her. Darcy thinks that everything is chipping away at her self-esteem, and she says that even though he says he's sorry, that there are things that he can't take back. Jesse musters up some tears, and Darcy thinks that he can fix that, and Jesse agrees as he kisses her. Sean observes there are moments of love and moments of hate between them. Jesse says that they are on the same page, but he feels like if he ever makes a mistake that she just throws it in his face later. Darcy says she's just defending herself from being attacked. 
they prove Sean's point by immediately bickering again. Darcy says this is the same type of argument they keep on having. Jesse says she just ruined the relationship and he's done. And Sean decides to cut it off right then by saying goodnight. <laughs> After they cut, Darcy says she's cold. And Jesse takes her hand and says that she can have his jacket. Because there was an abrupt end, they are then asked backstage how they think the interview went. Darcy says she's sensing something right now, so she's just going to feel her feelings. Jesse just kind of quietly stares down the producer and the cameraman. Do you think they're faking it for this next season? Because I'm so confused. Like, Sean wasn't wrong. They were hot and cold, even in this interview. Yeah, it was. I mean, it's funny because all the the amount of time he rails about her being drunk and stuff, it was definitely like arguing with a drunk person. Like, you're angry and now you're crying and now you're like playing and you're now you're crying again. I don't I don't I can't follow this lot. I can't follow what's going on at all. Oh, my gosh. It was was, was a lot. So, yeah, because well, all of them, both of them have this tendency whenever things start going a little bit better to kind of need to get in a dig. Right. Like, oh, it's so much better. Let's have a hug. Okay, let's have a hug. I wish you did this more. Like, okay, well, now why'd you ever do that? Like, both of them do the same kind of things. Right. Yeah. Right. And so. It was I, like I was very confused how he was like you ruined this relationship. Camera cuts. Okay, let's get let's take hands and walk off stage together. And I was like, yeah, I'm gonna offer you my jacket. And I was like, but I thought you just said the relationship is over. But then it was like he was trying to like portray himself like he's a gentleman, and I was just confused by this whole thing. Very confused. Like, I, I, yeah, it, yeah, that was it's just so. And that's part of what I don't know. But that's part of what. I, I, I mean, I think what people don't like about Jesse, and people like when people don't like Jesse, it's definitely a person that like I you, you liked having him on the show because he's such a douche and he's really mm-hmm. easy to laugh at, douche wise, right? But he's like you know not a good person to hang out with or be with at all because he does mm-hmm. it, it, it. It's that instability that somebody gives you, right? And that that's yeah. his. It's also his way of kind of keeping you around and keeping you on the hook is by always keeping you off balance. Right. And always keeping you like coming to wanting more from him. And, and what do I get from him? And like how, and like you can see how she's doing it. She every everything she does is like a reaction. Well, how is he going to react to this? Like and yeah. I don't, and it's unpredictable how he's going to react to this. And that that is very disorienting. And it's certainly a way that people it's a, you know, way that people control other people. Yeah, definitely. Oh, but, you know, as much as Jesse, as you say, he's a douche, like it's. Hard for me, and I think we'll talk about it more when we get to our power rankings. Like, this season, uh, I have very mixed feelings about him. Like, I know there are, like, some obvious things that make him douchey, but yeah. overall, like, I, I don't know. Like, how else are you going to handle Darcy in this situation? Okay, but I, I'm not talking about him and the way he handles Darcy. I'm talking about him and his general demeanor. Anybody oh, okay. who anybody who self-describes themselves, I am an alpha male, makes me make the wanking notion, motion. Oh, like, God, yes. Right? <laughs> like, well, I'm an alpha male. I'm like, like, okay, go go, do whatever, alpha male. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, I'm done listening to you already, right? Yeah. And so that kind of thing, his weird-ass decor, like his weird – and even oh, like God. some of the way he talks, like, oh, do you have a time frame? He's like, I really appreciate that some other people that aren't, you know, me – or have my fortitude might have a time frame. However, <laughs> love in the heart is the only time frame that I, as a amazing oh, person, God. will listen to. You are, like, you're giving me like flashbacks of Andrew right now from Andrew and Amira. <laughs> he, he's not t- 
totally different than uh, different than Andrew. Andrew's just more like it's more noticeable because English is Andrew's native language. Yeah, yeah, and he's and, I mean, he just he just more more less more of an incel type of type of person. Whereas like you know. I don't know, it, it, but Jesse at least doesn't have like the, the incel vibes going for him. But still, the definitely misogynistic vibes. Definitely, you know, I'm gonna, I, I, I'm going to just ex- try to exude confidence as much as I possibly can when, whenever I am, wherever I am. Um, that kind of makes me just be like, I think you're putting on an act, buddy. Yeah, yeah. And his haircut is stupid. Ugh. <laughs> well, yeah, the one on the tell-all where it the one was on the tell-all where it was like all gosh, down. I don't, it's so that bad. was it was very like Kurt Cobain, you know that nineties grunge. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's an under. He always has the undercut, right? But mm-hmm. yeah, that, that stringy, like really long, but in yeah, the front, but, yeah. But it was like doing that without being. But it that Kurt Cobain kind of grunge thing doesn't really go with the look of. You know, dapper, sophisticated suit. Right. He's wearing a suit. Yeah. All right. So next up, let's hit Paul and Karini. So we pick right where we left off. Paul is stranded on his knee. This is in the episode proposing to Karini and she isn't saying anything besides, oh, my God. It goes on for uncomfortably long. And as we saw last week, he stops and like takes it out of the box and tries to put it on her finger. And it's (laughs) awkward. She eventually jokes no, and he's like, no, before finally saying, yes, of course, you dummy. Anyway, she puts the ring on, and he swats a mosquito, gives her a hug, and swings her around the inside inside the giant chain heart that he had proposed in, which he now realizes is pretty ironic. Anyway, Karini says she was speechless because, you know, just a few days ago, Paul was ready to break up, and now here he is proposing. He says that he that she loves him like no one else. Well... Except for his mother. She loves him like a disturbing amount too. Karini <laughs> says she loves Paul despite all his flaws. And now she's worried because he has to leave. And he, she's afraid he's never going to come back. On Paul's last day in Brazil, they share a coconut and have some translator app time by the pool. Karini asks if, uh, if when he comes back to Brazil, they can get married. Paul says that for the K-1 to work, they have to have a legally binding ceremony in the States. Although they could have a religious ceremony in Brazil. She makes him make one promise before he goes, and that is that he will return to Brazil. He says, of course, I'll come back. I love it here. So anyway, then we have Paul getting ready to leave. And his way of saying that he intends to come back is by leaving most of his junk there. Uh, uh, He's down from four to one footlockers on on his way to the airport. And as soon as they get in the car to the airport, the tears begin. That is until he offers to give him some of his hair. Like his weird mom did at the beginning of a season. He starts to pull it out of his head and she keeps trying to stop him. Then he plucks one of her head's hairs when she's not looking all around just weirdness. Anyway, they do say their final goodbye. When they start getting to the airport, they say like a few different goodbyes. This is like the ending of Return of the King, I swear. (laughs) Um, Paul makes some – they start crying. Paul makes some very unfortunate crying faces. And Karini tells him that she's scared he will abandon her, which leads to more ugly crying. Eventually, he goes to the gates and then doubles back one more time to kiss her. At the tell-all, Paul couldn't make it, so he, both, so he FaceTimed in at the tell-all. He readily admits that he is a germaphobe, especially when it comes to the Amazon. Then they surprise us by showing us that he, the reason he isn't there is because actually he's in Brazil. And they pan over to show us he's there with Karini. They bring in an interpreter, which is much more efficient than the translator app, so we can use a person instead of the app. 
which naturally leads to a discussion about the language barrier between them. And a recap of him making, you know, the sex hand gesture to Karini's dad. But Karini says that commun the communication is being, getting better due mainly to their use of, they say gestures, but it sounds like made up sign language that they put together for themselves. They then move on to the whole thing where Paul ran away into the woods. and But before they can ask questions about it, he runs away from the interview. Anyway, he does come back and Sean finds a diplomatic way to ask Paul, what the fuck, man? He says he was just emotional and it was hard. Karini thought he was just being dramatic and infantile, which even Paul can't disagree with. They move quickly through topics and move on to the STD slash pregnancy test that Paul wanted her to take. She was disappointed, but she also got him back. When he came back to Brazil, he had to have a test. She says he didn't show her the results, but he says they did and they were all negative. Anyway, they ask what the living situation will be, and he hopes that one day they'll be able to get both get dual citizenship and split time between the two countries. Okay, so uh, I, what what's the best way? Because we saw another one. You're going to get to another one. People did a different way. What's the mm -hmm. best way to say goodbye at the airport? Or should it even be at the airport? Because this one took forever. Yeah, I think like rip off the Band-Aid, um, say goodbye, and like that be it. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't, yeah, like you said, we'll talk about Courtney and Antonio. Like at in the cab, I feel like is a little impersonal, but I also think that it depends on like the actual situation, like how difficult is it for one person to get to the airport and then have to get back? Sure. You know, especially for Karini. I don't think she lives all that close to the airport. Well, no, because she's got to get back on her, you know, five day boat trip up the Amazon to get to and her does village, she have to right? Grab all the like, stupid footlockers and does she have to handle all that luggage too? Yeah. Where did he where did he did he leave the footlockers in Manaus or did he leave some at her house? I don't know. But yeah, he just left a bunch of crap there. Which, I mean, I get what he was going for, but it seems like, oh, I'm romantic and want to make a big gesture for you. No, I'm just like, shit. yeah, I was going to say, you seem like a lazy guy who's just like, hey, watch my shit while I like, I'll be back. You know, it's like no, that but he guy. Found a way to, he found a way to rationalize that in his head about how it was actually romantic that he was like, watch my shit while I, well, I'll be back tomorrow. I'll be back in a little yeah, bit. Yeah, nobody wants that. Right. Nobody wants uh, that. Karini, I think, would conveniently lose the things that are super unattractive, like the human body condom and the uh, what the life what vest. About, what about the, the the cooling bonnet that he had? Yes. That was pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. So so things like that, I think, might accidentally just get like left behind. It might get thrown in the Amazon <laughs> River, like. Yeah. Right, fell in the river. I can't help you. <laughs> right. But I, yeah, I agree that it just dragged on too long. And at some point you do have to say goodbye because it's just. I mean, some of it's weird because and they had a good because part of it depends on like the um the layout of the airport too. Right. Yeah. Because I feel like it's one of those things. It's nice when you go through a corner and you just turn a corner and you can't see them anymore and they're gone. And that makes it Band-Aid like. Right. Yes. But if it's something like, you know. If it's something like I know you've, I'm sure you've been through it, like Singapore's airport, right, where they uh -huh. have security at every gate, right, and you kind of sit there and they walk through security, but you can still like see them sitting at the gate watching. Like, yeah, it's kind of like you could like it's that whole part we have like I watched them walk away and there they go. That makes it like even more awkward, <laughs> which is why I think the cab thing is awkward. But it's just like that. I like that you go through this double doors, they shut, and you're it's done. Like that's it. Right, <laughs> right. You said goodbye now. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, going back to the uh, proposal, why in the world did Karini say yes? It was like she did seem genuinely happy when she said yes. But I swear that's the happiest we've seen her this entire season. Like, by a long shot. She would. I would also say she was very happy when she first saw Paul. That was also okay. – she was pretty happy there. Um, yeah. I just – I don't know. I, I I can't shake the feeling that she's more interested in being married than who she's married to. Mm, interesting thought. I do think that she likes the idea of being married to Paul because f- how she even frames it is that he's very exotic looking for, mm. you know, where she is. And right. I think she likes the fact that he's American. I think she likes the fact that yeah. – True. You know, he speaks English and can provide these things for her. Um, I think she likes all the ideas of him, but she doesn't actually like him. Right. That makes sense. I mean, I, and I think she finds him attractive enough. Which oh, yeah, is, I think she does. Which is, I mean, not okay. but When he's yeah. not in his goofy outfits, his get-ups. Yeah, the goofy get-ups. I mean, he doesn't look good. he doesn't look good when he sweats. I mean, he just has no. he has he has a lot of issues there. He looked a lot better with his short hair when he was with her. Yes. Well, I mean that yeah, he definitely has that that really dopey kind of wavy hair that just just looks it's it's better short. It's like it, it it would probably be okay if he like could grow like a like long hair. Not that I could see him doing that, but it's that mm-hmm. in between medium thing where you get to be about like five six inches long. That it's like yeah, this is weird. Let's tighten that up a little bit. <laughs> yeah. All right. So speaking of goodbyes and tight hair, let's talk about Courtney and Antonio. Oh, so yeah, very it's tight hair. yeah, it's Courtney's last week in Spain, and reflecting on her time in Spain, Courtney says that they have had their fair shares of ups and downs. She feels very strongly about Antonio. Antonio says they lost a lot of days fighting, and he doesn't want to be fighting for nothing, and he wants to make up for lost time. Courtney woke up the night before at 5 a.m. just crying, which woke him up. She cried because she feels very strongly for him, but she's having a hard time expressing it to him. Antonio just tells her to be more warm. She wonders if it's because she's scared she'll never see him again. He wants her to relax and just have a good time. He says he will miss Courtney, but he'll just not think about it. Courtney or Antonio is a guy who lives in the present, so he wants to enjoy his time and not worry about the future. Courtney thinks things are going so much better, and she wished that happened sooner. It's Courtney's last day, and they're both exhausted. Courtney says the three weeks have felt like three years. Antonio doesn't like to see Courtney upset, so he keeps telling her not to be sad. They'll see each other again. He has told her he doesn't want her to date other people, but Courtney wonders if it's realistic of Antonio to stay faithful to her. As Courtney cries, Antonio tells her he doesn't think it's a good idea that he goes to the airport. Antonio is also upset, and he's not sure if it's a love or something else. You don't know. He thinks the distance is going to be very difficult. Courtney hopes the distance will allow him to sort out his feelings. Antonio says goodbye to her as she rides off in a taxi. Courtney is sobbing, and she realizes that she may be in love. If this was for nothing, she would rather it not have happened. At the tell-all, Antonio shows up over video and tells Courtney she's beautiful. They tell us that they text all day long, and Antonio says that he misses her. Courtney tells us that men have stolen her pictures to catfish other men, and Antonio has also had his uh, photos stolen for the same reason. Courtney reveals that there were moments she wanted to leave, but she stuck it out because she had gone all that way. 
Courtney tells us that the night of the pageant, they didn't get back until 4 a.m. And Antonio thought he was still going to get lucky because his friend told him American girls are fast. Courtney was shocked at how flirtatious women were in Spain and boldly asking for Antonio's number in front of her. They show a clip of Courtney asking Antonio about cheating, and he manages to evade the question, which Sean picks up on immediately. Antonio admits to pretending he doesn't know what she's talking about when he doesn't want to answer. Antonio says that they are exclusive because he spends all his time talking to her. Courtney says she's at the point where she can trust him. She says that the next step is going back to Spain, learning some Spanish, then possibly traveling the world with him. Sean asks if marriage is in the future for Antonio, and Antonio says it's the time since his hair is getting gray. All right, so do you really think that Antonio is ready to settle down? No. According to his hair, he is. (laughs) I mean, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I, I, I. I don't know. The hair, I mean, he's just, is it just thinking, oh, shit, I have gray hair. I might not be able to get as many women. I got I to gotta get one of them down so I can have, you know, easy access to sex all the time. Yes, that was what I was assuming <laughs> he was meaning by all of that. Yeah, that that's, that's a lot to say that. But, yeah, I, I don't – no, I don't see it. I don't see it. I don't see it. I think I, he likes his alone time. Like, I think he's definitely the kind of person that, that you know, he seems like the kind of person, especially with his tiny apartment, that would sleep with somebody and be like, so – um. What are you leaving? (laughs) Well, I mean, that's what I was going to point out. You know, the fact that he's in that tiny apartment. Maybe he would feel a little bit differently, like partnering up with someone if they had more space. Because I absolutely agree that to be in each other's face all the time like that would be difficult with anyone, like any two people. I mean, it's, it's nice to even just have a break like... Oh, I'm in the room reading and you're in the living room doing something else, you know, like just even having a little bit of space between the two of you. I mean, they were literally on top of each other in that uh, apartment. Yeah. yeah. Like one was in the bed and one was on the desk underneath the yes. bed, like on yep, top of each other. That's what I meant yes. by literally on top. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I didn't mean that they were having sex the whole time. No. I mean, that would have been oh, – That's. I don't know. I feel – I. And you know what? That's like, that's kind of feels like what the disappointing part. I guess Courtney was kind of did. Well, I wish it would have never happened if it if it wasn't going to work out and stuff. And it was like, yeah. you could have had I don't know. You could have had a fun vacation where you just got to have sex a lot. Like, like you know what I'm saying? Like, not that she. If, but I know she didn't want that. But right. you know what I'm saying is is like that. It, it just because you know it's temporary doesn't mean it has to be like well not even worth doing anymore, right? And I feel like part of the reason she didn't enjoy the trip is she didn't. She couldn't, for whatever reason, it, like enjoy it for what it was. And I think that's what Antonio was trying to get at. They just wanted different things out of it. Sure. I think her point, though, is that the amount of hurt and, you know, she also seems like the kind of person who takes a long time to get over someone. Sure. So, you know, she's getting over this guy for like, you know, let's say months. Is that worth the three weeks that you, sure. you know, were sure. hanging out with someone? Of just being like in deep depression for like months, you know, so I can kind of see how it might just not have been worth it at all. But then at the same time, you you, no one knows if it's going to work out or not. So to have that kind of mentality like, oh, well, only if it turns out well, do I want it to happen is like, well, you can't say that. Then you can then you can never do anything. Right. Right. Never do anything. But I, I just I just think that a lot of the hurt just came from her having her expectations of it going in. Are, are part of the yes. reason it hurts so much, right? Sure. 
because it's like I don't know. I mean, he just I don't. I, it, it just doesn't like seem like it. it I, I don't. I just don't know where at any point he came across as a guy that was ready to settle down and like oh, become no, a long term thing. At not. what point? Where did she get this impression? Because I. It seemed super obvious that that was not what he is. He's literally a model. Like yeah, yeah. I mean, I've never had anybody just voluntarily give me their go go for give a, go for the phone number so that's right. that is a little bit different well i know that's ridiculous uh i was gonna say that she said at the beginning that he was talking to her about marriage and kids and you know it's it's one of those things where if that's what you really want that's what you're gonna hold on to Right. You're going to remember that that person said that. And anytime things are bad, it's like that's what you use to justify anything. You know, it's like, oh, well, yeah, he was flirting with that waitress, but he talked to me about marriage and kids. So he must be serious about me. Yeah, this one also seems I mean, it's just it's it's the flip side, very similar to uh, the Miriam and Patrick thing. Right. It's Mm -hmm. like, well, how much. I'm very curious as to what he was saying. How much was he saying to be like, listen, I would love for this woman to come over here and I could get in her pants and we could just bang for three weeks. That would be amazing. Right. Yeah. I, could, I could see him doing that and being like, so I'll just say whatever's going to make that happen. Like I could see that. Right. I could yeah. also see him making a few offhanded comments or saying things like, oh, I would like to have kids someday where she and she's like reading more into that than he was intending. Yeah. So I, yeah. I, don't, I don't know which one it is. Sure. All right, to last up. Last up is Sean and Abby. God. All right. All right, we had both episode and a decent amount of tell-all stuff. Anyway, Sean is back in Ohio. He's moving materials around his work-in-progress house. He says he's been back for about a month. He reminds us what we knew about the situation after last week. He's not interested in getting engaged to Abby if she's still involved with Chris. And she promised to make that happen for him. He really doesn't trust her, though, and wants to see the situation for himself, so he's on his way back to Haiti. His gut feeling is uneasy about the situation, but he feels like she at least deserves the opportunity to show him. They both say things are different or whatever, more real this time because it's not the first time they've met. He's also keeping their little business venture going and brings her five bags worth of clothes to sell. They sit on the couch and make lovey eyes at each other, and in an interview, Abby tells us that she wants to be with Sean, but... Notably, can't seem to look directly at the camera when she's saying that. God, I know, right? Anyway, in an interview, Sean says that he may propose if Abby is back to being completely honest. But if he feels like he's being lied to and screwed over, then good luck. They only showed that like 50 times in all the previews. Yeah, right. Um, okay, at a restaurant, they talk things over. And he wants to make sure they are, not, they are on the same page and that Chris is out of the picture for good. Abby tells us that her relationship with Chris had changed for the sake of Sean. So she tells she tells Sean that she ended her, her friendship with Chris. But she plans on still doing business with him because she does the same clothing selling thing that she does with Sean. Sean is confused about what she's talking about, which, you know, he had like I said, he had the same she had the same business relationship with Chris that she had with Sean. He brings her clothes to resell so she can make money. Sean wonders why do you want to continue this business relationship? There's, you know, nothing that you're getting out of him that we can't do together. But she says, I'm continuing to do business with him because I want to. And this whole thing isn't really about her business. It's about his insecurities. But Sean doesn't want to be the jealous boyfriend. So as long as she stays faithful, which 
you know, she gets gets her to the point of giggling. Anyway, at this point, he says he's more seriously considering proposing, but it, it doesn't seem likely that she is quite ready for that yet. At the tell-all, Sean tells us how difficult it is to continue this long-distance thing without having a human connection before they bring Abby on via video chat. Abby isn't in Haiti anymore. She temporarily has moved to the DR. Host Sean brings up the age difference, and they give, you know, this kind of standard answers. Well, it works for us. I'm an old soul, etc., etc. When we get a few more, then we get a few more details about why things didn't work with Chris before she met with Sean. Mainly because Chris already had a partner. So after a recap of all these Chris-related scenes, Abby breaks down crying and apologizes. Sean says that if he ever sees Chris again, he's going to punch that motherfucker in the face. Abby says that uh, now she realizes that Chris was just using her like Sean has always said. Host Sean asks what what Chris meant by best behavior. Um, And Abby says that Chris likes to make off-color jokes and make sexy comments all the time. Host Sean wants to clarify one of cast Sean's comments. Does Abby feel like she was being used as a sex toy? She says, maybe, and acknowledges that Chris was giving her money during the entirety of the filming. But she stopped accepting money from Chris a few months ago. But after a few clarifications, we find out that Abby is currently doing her video call from Chris's condo in the DR. This makes no damn sense. Chris is not there, so Sean says, I can deal with that, but I'm not happy about it. Abby uh, reads the last communication she had with Chris, which was about him changing the Netflix password because she disrespected him. And it says that she can't use the condo anymore either. Abby Abby promises that once she leaves the condo this time, her relationship with Chris will be 100% done. Then they show us a new scene that we hadn't seen before, when Sean proposed at the end of his second trip to Haiti. So apparently... They're engaged. All right. So a lot of things happen. And the first thing that got my my attention and I wanted to ask a question about. uh, If Sean punched Chris in the face, right? Punched that motherfucker in the face. Who's winning that fight? Uh, I don't know. Chris has got height on him. Mm -hmm. I think Chris beats the shit out of him. I'll be honest. Yeah. I was going (laughs) to say Sean has anger on his side. And I feel like that always kind of gives you that weird like x-factor edge you don't quite know how it's gonna work out uh but yeah chris is a bigger guy he's just bigger right he's just bigger and i would guess that chris has been in more fights than sean because you say that and you have anger and you have things but sometimes it just becomes very clear very early on in a fight it was like oh wait that guy has been in fights before and that guy has not <laughs> right <laughs> i know who's winning this fight now yeah okay so abby sucks because she like yeah. makes it sound like it's her decision. Like, I'm not accepting money from Chris anymore. It's like, girl, you just read. He's straight up not giving. He has cut you off. This yes. is not by your choice. Right. She definitely tries to say, well, I left that job. Like, you were fired. Don't, don't. That's not- I know, right? It's like, oh, my gosh. That's the only reason. And if he didn't feel disrespected in whatever way that, you know, the netflix password i'm like confused if that was like the source of their problems yeah, or just I think like he, yeah i think he changed i think she did something that he felt was disrespectful so and he, then he changed the password and then he changed the password and then when she texted to be like did you change the network password he's like you're goddamn right i, I did. did and get out of my house and it's like okay but it also sounds like she's living there like for the yes. not too long like she said oh, i'll be here for a few more weeks but it's like 
to me, it's like, how mad are you that it's like, oh, well, you can still stay there for a few more weeks. Right. Uh, it would be, yeah, get out now. Now? And it might have, yeah, yeah, get out now. 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 Uh, I'm going to have my neighbor check and I'll call the police if you're not gone tomorrow. So right. now is good. Uh, okay. The other thing that I'm confused with all these business ventures, is she actually paying these guys back? for the clothes that they're buying. Like, they talk about it like it's a business deal. But to be honest, it just kind of sounds like they're gifting her a shit ton of clothes and she's selling them and keeping 100% of, you know, what she sells them for. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. It doesn't sound like she's putting any money up and it yeah. doesn't sound like they're getting any money they're back. They're calling back. that business. A business. It's not a business. Like, I don't know what you call that. Why don't you just take the money you were going to, you bought the clothes for and just exactly. give it to Exactly. Just give her the but, money. Does she feel like maybe that she feels like this way? I'm working for money. I'm earning, earning it. Yeah. yeah, and it's not like prostitution. Maybe she makes it makes her feel less prostitute-y. Uh, okay, I guess. I, I, but it just <laughs> it's like I guess it's not straight a straight up trash, cash transaction. Especially part of the reason to do that is if she continues doing this relationship with somebody she's not you know, sexually involved with, then it's, how is it prostitution? I do this with with people I don't sleep with too. You know, it's it's not like we're, it's not like it's an, ex, it's oh, let's an exchange be real here. for She's sex. sleeping with everyone. That's probably true. Yeah. Um, yeah. Chris's partner though, that's fun. Like, I don't understand, that's, he can't have a real marriage. Do you think he has like a, one of those like marriages where they're, they're married in paper, but like not really? Because otherwise, who can go to the DR for like four months a year? That's exactly what I was thinking. He's gone the DR quite a bit. Like, but then again, I could see him being like, oh, well, honey, I have a business down there. I resell clothes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. I got to go down there. But like, even if he, OK, but it, and then he would he wouldn't agree to be filmed then like on his. No, like, let me go dumb. down there and take, get, get, get me on this reality show with my mistress that my wife might see like whatever. Like it just. It seems it's all very sketchy. Very, very sketchy. Yes. Oh, well, everything about all of them is really sketchy, to be honest. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Which brings us to our da 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 power rankings. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am. So this one was tricky because you could probably convince me to move most of these people pretty far yeah yeah i agree like i i feel like i could be talked out of this power ranking list pretty easily i still made <sighs> one but i feel like you do a very good job of justifying your rankings and sometimes i like want to make some changes on the fly but <laughs> i will lock my votes in okay. and i will stick with what i have even though like you said uh definitely feels like this could be a very fluid list yeah Okay, let's start off with number one, our most liked, and I guess we could say, argue most, that this is the best of the worst. Most most decent person available is basically what yes. we're going for, right? This is pretty right. much what number one is, and 12 yeah. is like the worst person. So, yes. my number one was Courtney. Okay, all right. Just, I mean, she seemed, I don't know, in it for the right reasons. I mean, I think she was kind of dumb and naive about a lot mm -hmm. of what she was doing. Right. Yeah. But she also did, you know, she did like put her foot down. Like, okay, that's not that detail before you had mentioned it. It was four in the morning when they get back. Like, dude, we're yeah. not getting late at four in the morning. I don't I even know, care if exactly. she's up late. That's not happening. Plus, she's been telling you for the last 10 hours that she's dead tired. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, what's like, wrong it, with man. you? That's not happening. 
Yeah, I have to say my top four I, I could be very interchangeable because I thought about, you know, what really made each one of these four different. And okay. I would say that they all kind of in a weird way have the same fault in that they just love the wrong people. Oh, yeah, so my definitely. Num- yeah, my number one is Karini. Like, she didn't okay. do anything wrong except for love this idiot Paul. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 okay, so Karini was my number two. Um, yeah. And mainly because, like, she married the dude. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> oh, God. the guy. Yeah. And she did. Yeah, but poor thing was like a victim of crime and just. Oh, oh my God. God. Yeah. But then at the totally. same time, it's like, yeah, but that really does say something about you. You were a victim of crime and you still took this effort yeah. back, you know? Like, this guy who just ran off into the woods and was like, made like, just, just, I don't know. I guess it's like, uh, I, uh, you can apologize for that. Right. Okay. So your number two was Karini. My number two was Miriam. So. I, you know, once again, I don't think Miriam did a whole lot wrong. She questionably was a little flirtatious. Maybe, I don't want to say a little, she was flirtatious. But, I mean, friendly, too. She was trying to be a good friend, a good host. And if what came out in the tell-all was, like, actually legitimate and that Patrick knew where they stood, you know, I don't, I feel bad that she was in that situation. Her understanding is that Patrick knew where they stood before they came, right? Right, And so. Yeah, I mean, I definitely felt a little bit about that. She's a little bit lower on mine because because of that ambiguity, because we don't yeah. know who stands where. But I mean, I definitely a lot of that came across to me as she's also like super young, like she was like 23 yeah. or something. Right. Yeah. And it just looked to me like she hadn't quite learned yet. Like she was in the process of learning how to be fun and engaging with people that you're friends with and not be flirty with them. Like, right. she only, like, I know how to relate to men through flirting, and that's all I kind of know. And she's like, so I could see where that, where she was kind of, where Patrick, who, you know, is desperately looking for signals, was finding them. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Okay. What about your number three? My number three was Jenny. Oh, mine was too. Yeah. Um, just, I mean, I mean, she was, I mean, she wasn't much. There wasn't much. I, it, we didn't really get to see much of her personality. We didn't really get to see much of. Well, that's the other thing, too, is we didn't get to see much of what Larry found attractive besides her looks. Right. Right. I think the reason why she was a little bit further down on my list than Karini and Miriam was because I feel like she was a bit hard on Larry, you know, like and granted, like I would also be equally pissed. But it's like it didn't seem like there was a whole lot of her letting him really explain himself but it also could be because larry doesn't seem like the most communicative person either he is a man of few words yeah he is and i guess the part that got me is a lot of her um i don't know there was some weirdness going on there with like the filipino cupid account and i I couldn't delete it and things like that i was like yeah "Uh, i'm not sure this this, it just seems a little suspect but but i mean she wasn't yeah but when, when he got there she wasn't and from what we've heard, it's not like she's still really, you know, ridiculously like not talking to him or anything like that. They talk to each other all the time. It's just a little weird. Right. So that was my number three. That was both of our number threes, right? Yep. Yes. All right. Number four, I went with Darcy. Okay. Just because, I don't know, Darcy's Darcy. I mean, I, mean, yeah. I feel like, you know, it's just like, I feel like she has, I don't, it's, it's tricky because I don't know how I would have rated her if this was the first time I'd seen her. Right. Mm-hmm. But now that I know it, it's like, yes, this is Darcy. Like she's going to 
it, it just becoming completely infatuated with whichever guy she's with and that's going to just yeah. pull her down a rabbit hole and like and and it's all it but you kind of get the idea that it's at a good faith she's not doing anything she's doing in like bad faith like she she legitimately at this time wants to be with this guy and think this is the love of her life she's just like dumb about going about it all right so my number four was courtney and once again i said my one through four like you know they were all kind of just liked the wrong person they none of them really did anything wrong i would say the reason why i put courtney a little bit lower was just because oh man it just decision of going to meet this guy in the first place when she had never talked to him on the phone that's just like dangerous i feel yeah that no it is dangerous legit yeah, yeah, to go there alone and meet somebody. Mm-hmm. Like, that's dangerous when you would across town, let alone to a different yeah. country. Sure. Like, you don't know who that is. Yeah, so. Yeah. Questionable decisions all around, one through four, but. Uh, yeah, true. Even though their intentions were mostly okay. So, who is your number five? My number five was Miriam. Um, okay. I just, yeah, the same kind of thing. I ranked her just a little bit lower than you because I think uh, she probably either lacked self-awareness or was maybe tr- kind of tricking herself into thinking like, no, he doesn't mean it like that. We're friends, (laughs) you know? So I think there might have been some signals she was missing as well in terms of leading him on. Yeah, yeah. Um, Okay, so my number five was Patrick. So Patrick was positive. I like him as a person. Uh, I think the only reason why he wouldn't be farther up for me is the fact that he was plotting to steal someone away from their boyfriend. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. (laughs) And actively pursuing this person. So I'm sorry, Patrick, that puts you a little bit further down, but not as far down as some of these other people. Yeah, well, I have people. He's a little bit farther down for me. Um, Yes. So moving on to number six. My number Mm -hmm. six was Larry. I mean. Okay. Not too far away from mine. Doesn't have a lot going on for him, but. Again, he's not malicious. He is out mm-hmm. there just trying to keep it together, trying to do what's best. He's out there in good faith, right? Yeah. And so, you know, that gives him a lot. The part where he does that the, that that Brett thing where I can lock down a Filipino woman and they're oh, stuck gosh. with me. Yeah. 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 Like his reasoning for, you know, why he was looking for who he was looking for and what he was looking for. Yeah, it was definitely a lot of, I think you should have spent some more time in therapy and worked on yourself a lot before you decided (laughs) to bring somebody else into this. Uh, Sure, sure. Okay, so my number six was Darcy. Uh, I think the reason why Darcy is a little bit lower for me than she was for you was because Darcy is just so thirsty. And it's pretty clear to me that she would throw her own kids under the bus to get to her man, you oh, know? Yeah. And so it, just that, I guess we don't really have that many parents on this season. Larry was a parent. Oh, right. Yeah, Larry had those two boys and he like yes. asked them before they went. They're like, it's kind of weird you haven't mentioned her before, but all right, whatever, if it makes you happy. Yeah. Like, and unfortunately, Darcy did the opposite. She completely overshared. It's like these kids don't need to know any of this. No, I mean, they do. Yeah, it's somewhere in between. They don't need yes. to know, like, the details of, like, they don't need, because I know she's excited about it and she wants to share things. They don't need to know everybody you're texting and what they said. We said the lovely thing. Like, they don't need that at all. Right. And, and then, right. but they also don't need need something more than, oh, I think I'm going to marry this woman uh, next month. You in? And they're like, who? Like, <laughs> exactly. 
All right. How about your number? Oh, I'll just go. My number seven was Larry. So not too much further away from yours. Uh, For me, Larry, um, what kind of knocked him down was, yes, you're right, the self-awareness, kind of going along with the self-awareness, like why he didn't think it was bad that he didn't try the food. And Uh I don't I honestly think what's almost even worse is that he tried the food, but got that one tiny little strand of meat hanging from his mouth and had this disgusted look on his face the entire time. It's like that was so much worse. So that and then his dumb rant about the incident at the hotel bar. Like, I don't know what she does. You know, like, this is not my custom. We don't know food. Like, it's like, yeah. God, Larry, no. So, yeah, that's why Larry's a little bit lower for me. Yes, I like boxes flavored like salt. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So, my number seven then, my number seven is, and this might be different than yours, is Antonio. Okay. Because I, I mean, Antonio's a fuckboy. We established that. Yes. But what he's here for, right? I don't know that he was, I don't know to which extent he wasn't clear about that. (laughs) About, like, what it was that he wanted and what he was trying to get there. Because once she was there, mm-hmm. right, and he realized what the situation was, I mean, he didn't handle it great. But if it's like you're kind of stuck with somebody you're not terribly interested in for three weeks, like there's only so many great ways you can handle that. Oh, my um, gosh. Yes. Antonio is definitely further down on my list um, because he triggers me. But then there were also yeah. other specific things that we'll talk about. Sure, All right. Sure. So number eight, who is your number eight? My number eight is Patrick um, because okay. he, because he's a tryhard. He was mm. such a tryhard. Um, and like, I'm going to break myself out of the friend zone using just the energy of my positivity. Like, I'm like, stop, man. Yeah, and my back. Well, that's the energy of his positivity. That's what he calls oh, his backflips. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's just like he was just it was just he just struck me as like, you know, those 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 teachers pets that are like, look at me. Look at me. Ooh, aren't I so great? I'm like, Ch- chill, dude. Chill. <laughs> right. Especially if he if he did that super annoying guy thing of reading way too much thinking every woman that's nice to him is like oh she's really into me oh this yeah. is gonna work out like because she was yeah. nice to me like yeah that's not cool either so yeah. man, two two annoying habits of guys that came into patrick that made yeah. him lower for me sure okay so my number eight is jesse uh okay. and so like i had mentioned before I get it. Jesse's a douche. And trust when I say season whatever two that he's on. Hate the guy. Right. That's when I Mm -hmm. really cement my hatred towards Jesse. But in this season, I almost forget that he was okay. You know, Mm -hmm. like he didn't do anything terribly wrong. You can definitely see some things like, uh, you can see that there's manipulation going on. And yes. I can definitely, you know, knowing the future, say that, yes, he's manipulating even us into thinking he's a better person than he is. But when it came down to what he specifically did this season that was terrible, I had a hard time coming up with specific things that he did that was terrible. Now, a lot of things that were like very narcissistic and douchey like having a picture of himself as a welcome banner when Darcy first came. But, (laughs) you know, things like that were just like, "Mm, normal people wouldn't do that. But, you know, uh, the people that are further down the list, they were actively terrible to me. Okay. 
now I have definitely, definitely have actively terrible people. Um, and mm-hmm. that's why Jesse is my number nine. Mm-hmm. Because um, I think, yeah, I mean, just a little bit lower than you because I just, I took a little bit more of a, more offense at how full of himself he is. Like, yeah, you can say that. Sure. He didn't do anything wrong. He's clearly full of himself. Like, yes, that's, that's, that's true. That that part is not a, oh, well, it gets better. It gets worse. I mean, it probably does get worse. It does get worse as you go along. But it's not yeah, like it's unclear that he clearly thinks the best person in Amsterdam maybe is himself. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Sure. At least the best energy, at least he'd say. Yes. And then he did the stupid getting on one knee to not propose. Like, Oh, on. yes, yeah. that is true. That is pretty dumb. All right. Uh, so my number nine is Paul. So, Paul, uh, he annoys me as a person. This guy is the least likely to be one of my friends. Uh, At the end of the day, you know, it's he didn't do anything terrible towards Karini other than force her to take that STD pregnancy test. Uh, even the, well, and I should say maliciously, because obviously the worst thing that happened this season, Karini getting mugged, was a direct result of him just being a bonehead. But, you know, he wasn't the guy who mugged her, you know, he's just the idiot that ran into the woods and left her, you know, unescorted and unprotected. So, right. But then again, let's be real here. Is Paul really protecting Karini? No, no. That guy with the machete wants the cell phone. They're getting yeah, it. Yeah, but if if they if, if he had like a sign, you know how people you know how people when when people go to Europe they put they put the they put the Canadian flag on their backpacks. So people don't think they're Americans, mm-hmm. right? I feel like if he was in Brazil with an American flag somewhere, the machete guy would be like, "That dude might have a gun. I'm not messing with him. <laughs> American guns. <laughs> I don't guns. think you can travel with guns. <laughs> yes, but I feel like that's that's an increasingly common stereotype for Americans. Is American? They must have a gun. Like, that's we're just, just toting our guns around we're everywhere. Just toting all our right. guns everywhere, all of us. Yes. <laughs> all right. How about your number ten? I think we're on. 11. Yeah, my number ten. My number ten was Sean. Okay. All right, because Sean was not great, um, uh, and, and it, it kind of gets overshadowed by the situation he was in. But you know, he definitely had that. I hate to say it like this: this the white savior complex, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to come and take this, save this woman from her poverty that yep. is so hard for her, and uh, and and look who I am, and 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 had a lot of that, like had a lot of just, you know, manipulating, trying to make it manipulate her relationship with Chris that it's him or it's me, and not just like, you know, not just washing his hands and being like, I yeah. don't disagree with you because Sean is not too far away on my oh, list. Oh, I know. There's not you. too many left for Sean to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So number ten um, on my list is Antonio. Um, uh-huh. Like I said, I am triggered by Antonio, not because I can really recall dating anyone exactly like him, because I feel like I would know better within a very short amount of time. And the reality is, I think Courtney also would have ditched this guy if he was, you know, if they were in the same town and she could actually escape this guy. She would not sure. have given him another chance. Um, I would have escaped this guy, like, after the first date, like self-centered uh pretends to 
conveniently not understand what's going on when asked difficult questions. The fact that he abandoned her like it was no big thing in his apartment, uncomfortable, nowhere else to go. I mean, Courtney could have, you know, gotten a hotel room, but like just leaves her there like to flee to his mom's house. Um, The fact that he was not considerate of her feelings at all when she first got there, drags her around the city. uh, Mm -hmm. And then after all of that, feel like, oh, I'm going to get laid. Like, why wouldn't she be all up on this right now? Uh, Yeah, just this guy, uh, as much as maybe what he did individually wasn't like a horrible crime against humanity, Uh I fail to see any redeeming qualities he showed at all this season. Okay, interesting. I mean, but I I feel like you could say that about a lot of people. Like, (laughs) he was like, at least... Okay, I will give him this. Redeeming quality. It's not really a redeeming quality, but I can see the quality right. that goes with it is he he did have his charm. Like, and he was charming at times when he okay. wanted to be. So, like you said about other cast members, like, okay, well, what are the redeeming quality? At least they cared about their partners. Yeah. Yeah. I it just it, it was he thought he was on he thought he was on a different show. And that's like I don't know what was. show he thought he was on. He thought he was on um what <laughs> what is it? Um Oh, man. All I can think of is, um, like, the joke they had on um, – what was it? I think it was on Arrested Development where he, like, kept proposing the same thing where it was just, like, an island. It was a fake reality show where it was just basically they put everybody on an island and got them drunk and then just watched them have all, all have sex together. And he called it Fuck Island. Like, oh, like God. he was on Fuck Island. <laughs> Maybe. Who knows? All right. Uh, what about your number 11? My 11 11 was Paul. Okay. Because um, Paul – I just think he is such a broken person. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he has he no is. business. Like, and even no. at this point, it was it was pretty clear. He has no business, like, bringing anyone else in on that. That is not no. what's going to solve his problems. Exactly. And I feel like he had that one moment of clarity when he ran away and told her, you don't deserve like, you this. You don't deserve this. <laughs> yeah. Like, nobody does. You need to fix yourself first, Paul. And like, You're right. but but that's what it is. You said okay. So at least when Antonio left Courtney, he left her in his uh, safe apartment in like a beautiful city in Spain, and not like oh, God. a random place where people are mugging people with machetes. And he just yeah, ran away. True, with the machete thing. Jumped into a river. Right? Yes, just, that part makes no damn sense. Oh my God, Paul, it didn't make any sense. Idiot. I mean, he just. I, I, you hate the way he overpacks. I mean, he's everything the ugly American is. Can't, didn't learn its damn word of Portuguese. Oh, God, I know. Still right? can't speak any Portuguese. D- told, did, told his father with sign language he was going to fuck his daughter. Oh, like, yeah. it's not, it doesn't. Like, oh, I mean, and, cause it's, it's things that are funny because he's so dopey that they come across as being funny that they kind of hide the. That's still an like, asshole yeah. thing. Like, you're, what are you you're doing? still dumb. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, my 11 was Sean, because I agree with you. Sometimes you don't realize how bad he is because Abby is so terrible. Because, yeah, because of both who are number 12 is. Yeah. Right. But <laughs> at the same time, it's like there were flashes where I was actually legitimately scared of him. You know, like he did seem like he has a controlling side and trying mm-hmm. to give her ultimatums. But then at the end of the day, like he's trying to give her ultimatums. He's trying to control the situation, but he just accepts it anyway. Yeah, I'm and not so happy about like, it, but 
Yeah, so that just makes you a bigger dummy for, like, trying to set boundaries and be all forceful about it and then, like, back off when you realize that you're not winning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I, I don't know. It just also seems very, like, gross to me that she's so young and it's like, what do you really like about her? Except for that she's a dark-skinned woman, as you had said, oh, like, at the beginning. Right. Yeah, at the beginning. I was looking for a yeah. dark-skinned woman. I mean, she's objectively an attractive woman. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, she sure. Is. She is. I mean, and, and, I, and I get that. But, like, yeah, what what is it? And, and she is, obviously really good at um playing lovey-dovey with older guys oh yeah like, yeah she knows, definitely. How, she knows how to do that i wonder if it's the older guys because they are maybe more financially established and maybe have a lower sex drive or at least she thinks they do i think it's definitely more financially established mm-hmm. right so we might as well go both of our 12 was abby so we're talking about oh yeah right <laughs> <laughs> so like Yes. So more financially established. I don't know if it's the sex drive necessarily, which apparently is supposed to go down at some point. But yeah. um, is I think it's the like it's easy. Like it's like who who else who else anywhere like you know if you if you're going for like 23 year old guys, there's probably other hot 20 year olds that they're, mm-hmm. you're competing with. What other hot 20 year olds are you competing with when you're going for older guys? Like you're going to be able to oh, hold people true. in way easier. Like yeah. It's an easier target. Yeah. Right. But yeah. I mean, that's why I said she's number 12 because she literally just spent the whole season scamming two guys at once. Yes. Okay. Scamming two guys, just lying, 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 lying. Like everything she said was a lie. And what makes it even more insulting and worse is she is the worst liar ever. She really is. She can is. never like look you directly in the eye. She can't stop laughing. Like when she's lying, it's just like, oh my God. How do these two idiots yeah, like she's fall just for like, anything that you say? Looking down at her feet, she's like, well, I'll never see Chris again. <laughs> I know. It's okay. like, oh my gosh. <laughs> you are the worst at this. Did they hire you as an actress because they should get their money back? You are the worst. Yeah. It's, it's, she, doesn't even, she doesn't even come up with like believable stories no. in her lies. It's so just she, she barely even trying. But like, yeah. as I was saying, I think she's going for low hanging fruit. She just gets, let me get well off single old american guys maybe even not single just old american guys right to bring me clothes that i can sell oh God, like, there we go the worst yeah uh, she has a nickname on social media scabby abby but i believe in real life that she actually got married um fairly recently within the last year to an age-appropriate person oh good it, well, yeah. i think i saw isn't he like german or something though he's he's not american Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't think he's American either, but yeah, right. well, but closer in age well, to her. We might as well throw off that because we have a couple of groups that never come back again, right? Um, yeah. So Larry and Jenny are still together. Yes, they are. In fact, they were on uh They were on what the quarantine, now quarantine or something episodes. Like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, they were on, and what now is like a really, really abbreviated version of HEA. So it's like what fifteen minutes per couple is like kind of an update. So I think they showed her coming over here and their wedding, mm. and I, I want to say there was a lot of like trailer park situation happening from what I recall. It was so long ago since I've seen that. Yeah, scans. Yeah, but it seems like they're happy. Yeah, yeah. And then I want to say that Miriam did eventually come over here for a visit. Right, which makes sense. I mean, I kind of felt bad for Patrick because, like, it makes sense to visit the States. But, like, yeah. 
I don't know. He lived. Doesn't he live in like Lexington or something? Like yeah, he lives in Kentucky. <laughs> not, right. Not the most exciting part of the states that people want to visit. Yeah, but they've both been single like uh, at the same time since this is aired, and they both aren't a couple. So yeah. I, I think it's just one of those things where it's just never going to happen. And I want to say that Patrick has a girlfriend now. Yeah, good for him. Yeah, good so. for him. Yeah. All right, so that's everybody. Yes, so we have decided that we will not be covering another classic episode because uh, Hulu just uh, took everything, all 90 Day Fiancé franchise stuff off uh, because it was getting migrated over to Discovery Plus. So if you have Discovery Plus, now you have access to all of the Before the 90 Days and other classic episodes, but... Mr. O and I do not have Discovery Plus, and so we do not have access to another classic season. So we're going to take a bit of a break. That, in addition, Love After Lockup is coming yes. back um, within before the time that we don't know when in June. It's supposed to be in June. Right. But before the time, we would have been able to finish another classic season, even if we did yeah. have access to it. Yeah, we were debating. We we're like, well, should we do three episodes a week? And we're like, eh. I'm like especially because the first the first week of June is going to the first two weeks of June are crazy for us. Yeah, yeah, because we have end of school and uh, AP reading. So, yeah, it's yes. one of those things where we were we were on the fence. We were thinking about it, and then as soon as they made that announcement that it was leaving Hulu, I was like, there, there's our sign. Dis- we're not discovery, doing it. <laughs> discovery made the choice for us. Yeah, which is easy because then we don't feel guilty about it. <laughs> All right. So we will be back here next week um, talking about that new Happily Ever After season, though. Yep. Okay. Sounds right. good. See you next Monday, then. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.